So therefore, be proud to be a decent American rather than be just a wanker whipping up fear. Because you're supposed to tackle people, you're supposed to hit people at pace and hit them hard as part of the game. It's not chess we're playing. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f he wants. Hello everybody and welcome along to WTS 105. I can't get used to the, the change to WTS. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Can, I like it. I really like well, it. Yeah, I think it's really sticking, so we'll, we'll go with it. Hashtag um, 1T... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 1T... Hashtag WTS 105. Smooth. Yeah. Smooth. Uh, we're coming to you from Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel. Check out FitzpatrickCastle.com for more. Um, our guest this week, uh, he joined us and uh, stole the show at WTS 100. Oh, thanks. Is that Colm Hayes of, of Nova fame? Yes, now. Radio Nova now, yeah. yeah. Um, thanks for me for coming out to us. No problem, guys. Sold the show with the Elvins. Yeah, yeah, I know, I'm big amongst the Elvins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Housewife's favourite. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want, and not to, to make this awkward or anything, but uh, <laughs> when we put the episode out, my mum was at the show as well, but yeah. she listened to it and she's like, tell you, Colm Hayes' voice. I could listen to him <laughs> all day. And I was like, you, you all right, man? Yeah. One of the lads so. texted me on the Monday and was like, was that, is that Colin from Strawberry Alarm Clock? And I was like, yeah. I for fuck's sake, I haven't heard his voice in years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking if, if the L was like me, I could just, I could do sort of readings in nursing homes. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. Be on to a Nick's yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Or bingo. <laughs> bingo would be great. Three. <laughs> I remember you in the Strawberry Alarm Clock. Yeah, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah um, That's so a great answer. It, it wouldn't be a bad one, would it? There was, uh, I, I was reading the other day, Prince Philip, his last engagement, um, the English Royal Monarch, of the Royal Monarch, was um, going to nursing homes and just giving a talk. And a lot of them were younger than him. Because yeah. he's 96. <laughs> a lot of them were in their 80s and he's giving them a talk. Yeah. I, I used to love about Prince Philip that Anywhere they go, do you know where they sign like the guest book? So when they were over here and they were in like Trinity at the Book of Kells, it signed He robs the pens. Does he? Yeah, he robs the pen everywhere he goes. Like, and she's he, your collection. Yeah, she has all these pens. I mean, he he laughs as he's doing it. Yeah. Like, he does nudge them and all. Being like, I'm taking that pen. You some know, of his so, gaffs are hilarious, uh, though, aren't stop. they? Have you, have you heard some of his gaffs? Oh, he's a bit now. He's a bit over the top. Oh, he? he's a bit. The one when he fell asleep when he was having a meal with the Chinese ambassador, the Chinese emperor or something, he fell asleep uh, just in the middle of the meal, you know. <laughs> and what he actually calls the Chinese people, I'm not even going there. No, you can't, can't go, go there. there. You can't go yeah. there. No, no, no. I still love a good takeaway on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. And he thinks it's completely normal. Of course he does. Yeah. Because yeah, he's from that tradition yeah. when that was almost normal. That level of racism was normal, you know. And what was it when he, he met, it was it like a bunch of Pacific Islanders who were like doing a hacker or something for them and they'd finished he just turned around to like one of the chief elders or whatever and was like so do you, do you still eat each other then do you, do you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. he's just mad like it's mad he was the prince of Denmark and Greece yeah yeah. Mental, isn't it? Originally. Yeah. Like, is that a title? But he can't actually, does he get anything in Denmark? He, had to, he, he had to did at the time. The like, he had pastries in Denmark. He's, yeah, <laughs> yeah every day there's pastries. The, whatever the Carluccio's is in, in uh, <laughs> Copenhagen. He's, he's like his second cousin to the Queen. Right. Yeah. And he had to get all this approval and stuff, and he had to denounce the, the, to the Danes and the Greeks yeah. to, to their dismay. 
course, yeah. They say they're a raging though. Yeah, oh, look who we lost. Yeah. He, he was a Mountbatten, wasn't he? Yeah, he was yeah. a Mountbatten, yeah. Philip Mountbatten. So this is welcome to the royal show. <laughs> 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 later, it's not like me. Later, What's Princess Tigana and some of her favourite fashion movements. <laughs> Except for the last one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. Up. Yeah. Oh! oh! What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Too soon. Too driver shouts. Yeah. It's far too soon. <laughs> Never that too always, soon. That always, I always get, you know, because in radio you get you get the darkest of dark gags from people who work in radio before they mm. go to, and it's always that point of when is it too soon? <laughs> right. A major disaster, something huge going on. When is the point that it's now okay? We can all make a gag about it, and I don't know. And I suppose yeah. it depends on how serious it was and whether you lost somebody in it. Well, that's yeah. yeah well, I mean, that's obviously much. then that's yeah. the line, really, isn't and it? And when is the right time? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the zoo you're saying off air. Can we say that? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, oh, yeah, you'll be like that, and they go, "No, you can't. That's too soon." <laughs> and I don't know. I want to get that book. You know, when is too soon? <laughs> yeah. So fifty-three people out. So that's two weeks and six days. Okay. You know. Have you ever been on air when when something mad has happened? Like, uh, have you ever had to kind of break in and go? I was on the next day after nine eleven. Okay, um, okay, and I was on during the tsunami that you know the couple of days oh, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when actually something, we were on the day the Boston uh, Marathon. Um, oh, the, oh, yeah, um, yeah. And she there was, was a huge chase. I know they have a movie out about it now, which looks fucking awful. But anyway, they had a huge chase. Remember, they were chasing the guys, and we were trying to get reports of how it was happening. I was on two FM at that stage, and we couldn't. So what we did is we linked, and people were going, that's amazing the way you did that, guys. We linked into one of the local radio stations digitally and brought them up on the fader oh, and had them just doing the whole thing for no us. No way. And they were reporting, and they had uh, uh, the, the cops coming in going, okay, everyone get off Freedom Street, block off Freedom Street. We're going in, he's on the... And we were broadcasting all this, and people were going, that's amazing. How'd you do? And we going, well, you know, they're good friends of ours over there. But <laughs> <laughs> just- it was okay to do that, was it? Didn't ask. All oh, right, yeah, just did it. You don't yeah. ask. You don't ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Was it, it's, yeah. It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, yeah. I remember listening into the police uh, scanner when the the London riots happened. With, oh, yeah. only the ones a couple of years ago. There. Yeah, yeah. You got an, someone put up on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> download this app and you can listen into the yeah. the British police for the London riots. So I did. It was very interesting. Jesus. Yeah. I was too busy looting. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. have time to download that. But the, the, the cops were completely like, didn't care if this was being listened to or nah, no, they were just like, God, oh, that was fucking Do you think though sometimes with cops, there's not much going on and they have all this training and they have all the gear and the stab vests and everything that they are just waiting for just one night maybe. Something to they happen. They can just go out and crack heads oh, and they'll get away with They know that this is the night that they can get away yeah. with, you know? Yeah, I would 100% say yeah, they, they yeah. all have that in them where it's good. I don't think it's what's... I said it's anybody. Absolutely. I was watching, yeah. there's an amazing documentary on, um, <laughs> on uh, I think it's on Netflix, and it was made by National Geographic, and it's about uh, Rodney King, the rights in LA. It's just yeah. called LA 92. I thought it was like, you know, they had a class in 92, but no, something completely <laughs> it was LA. I thought, you've dropped the C in the SS. So it's a different class in 92. But, it just and and it's all done from original footage. There's no there's no commentary or no narrative at all, and it's original footage that we've never seen because it's from some of the, the local stations in in around LA yeah. TV stations, and it's just nuts. And the only thing I could think of that it compared to in any way was the movie The Purge. 
It just looked like the purge. Wow, right. Because for um, a day, all of the cops moved out of eight blocks and just let everyone do whatever they wanted to do no because way. they were afraid to go in. And the Koreans who lived there were being attacked by the blacks because something had happened just before the riots where a Korean girl had been shot in the back of the head yeah, in the shop. by a black shopkeeper. Yeah. No, a black girl had been shot in the back of the head by, by a Korean, Korean shopkeeper. And he was let go, wasn't he? It was a girl, she was a woman. She was let go mm. uh, completely of it because um, the judge said, you don't look like somebody that could murder anyone. She just did, yeah. you know. So, so the the blacks had wow. this big thing against the Koreans coming in and taking over all the shops. So when the when it actually happened, the riots happened. The cops pulled out because they were waiting for the national guard to come in, and it just was complete uh, free for all for for I think nearly twenty four forty eight hours. Just nuts. And some of the the, the footage is is really disturbing, you know. Yeah. But I just thinking of the purge all the time. Yeah. And then when the national guard went in, they just started opening up. Uh, they did, and these were like 18, 19 year old guys coming down from Nebraska, you know? Yeah. Hadn't a clue what they were doing. It was like the FCA taking over, you know, Dublin, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what would that be like? I don't know. They have one bullet to share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's called LA 92. LA 92. Oh, it's frightening. Oh, but it's brilliant. It really yeah. is brilliant. It's well worth seeing. But like, you, you were saying about something. About I watched the 7 5. Do you watch that? No, that's oh, on my list as well. Is, I watched the cops it. in New York. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I watched it on Monday. I watched Monday the trailer Monday. after you said it, and I was like, "Yeah, I must get around to watching." No, it. it's brilliant. It's it's just the interview. Like the the seventy five percent, I think the, the majority of the percentage of cops in New York in yeah. the eighties were just all t- uh, on the take. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it followed this particular guy, Michael Dowda, and he, they're basically saying his partner, who he roped in with him. Mm. Yeah. His partner wanted to be a cop. Michael Dowda was a gangster who wanted to be a cop. Okay. And he just took the take with everything. Sounds like The Departed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's just, it's a great watch. That's a documentary, isn't it? Yeah, a documentary. Yeah. The 7 5. It's on um, Netflix as well. So there's two of me to watch this weekend. The yeah. LA, LA, LA 92. I'm going to watch LA 92. Yeah. And she might as well watch the class of 92 as well. Actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And remember yeah. Beckham and Giggs. You're a big United fan, aren't you? I'm a big United fan. Yeah. yeah. I was, um, well, my son is called Alex. Oh, really? Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. So, so there you huge go. United fan. And I was there in the new camp when we picked up the treble. Lovely. Uh, which was amazing. I would and, say that was probably top three moments. Of what that. was amazing was, well, and also weird was when United scored to draw, yeah. you know, one all, we were celebrating so much we didn't see the next goal. <laughs> we did not. We were still, <laughs> because that's all I could say. Um, and then. You just heard screaming down the other end, and we looked around and went, really? Shit. Oh, my God. And what was really interesting was five minutes before it's finished, we were directly across from where they, the cup is, and uh, they were take, they were putting the colours on for uh, Bayern oh, Munich, which is really You're joking. And, and you could see that. Yeah, yeah. And George Best, who was there in the VIP area, had just slipped out of his seat to go down and have his first little beer because he thought it's all over. It's, you know? So we didn't, uh, didn't realise. We didn't see it, and then we saw it on the big screen the goal again but that's that mad that they put the colours on isn't yeah. it like, they had the colours on I mean if you think about it it was extra time yeah, yeah. not extra time it was, it was injury time it was injury time, time. Yeah. 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 So, still wait till the full time whistle don't put the mockers on it I know I know Jesus. and I don't know it would be great I'm sure nowadays so many people would have had that in social media yeah. would have pictures yeah. and would have tweeted it would have been so everywhere yeah but they were. They had the colours they were putting the colours how long were you in the ground after the f- oh about an hour afterwards about an hour an hour and a half and then right throughout Barcelona we missed our bus we couldn't know where we were staying so right throughout <laughs> Barcelona. Uh, at that stage, the Germans had, you know, had they had conceded that that was it, and it was just a great party city. There was no trouble, or and the Germans are really nice. Yeah. The last time they gave trouble was 
45. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, so it was, uh, it was just a party. It was just a party across Barcelona. It was really nice. It was a great night. And England beat them uh, the other night in 21. Or Germany beat England. In the penalties. In the yeah. penalties, yeah. Oh, I was watching it. It was yeah. unbelievable. I was watching it, yeah. They just, they, England week. cannot do penalties. No. no they really it's can't. gone. They're brutal. You know, they're trying to introduce penalty points in England in driving, but they just know. <laughs> no way. There's no they way. just can't do penalty points. It's not going to work out, lads. Yeah. We can't do it. <laughs> Definitely They won't get it. Um, yeah, so that must be in one of your all-time favourite moments of being a United fan, being there for that. I yeah, I, I, when I was a young fellow, my dad brought me to Lansdowne Road when Man United were playing, I can't remember who, Shelburne possibly, no, would have been Rovers, and I was only a little fella. And so there used to be a wall around the side, the length of the pitch, um, and I could just about look over the wall and I could, my dad was going, see him, that's Paddy Crane, and that's Alex Stepney, and that's Bobby Charlton, and that's Georgie Best. And that just stuck with me. That was yeah. the first game I ever went to. Amazing. And that was just it, you know. And the son loves them as well, does he? Yeah, yeah, well, you've no choice, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's how it works. works. It sort of does. There's some, I mean, it, actually, it's funny, because my mate, Kieran, is a crazy Spurs supporter. And he always thought, you know, and he's, he's my son's godson, godfather. So at that christening, um, he was going, uh, Colin, give us Alex there now. I'm just going around here. Sinead's going to take a few pictures. So they went around the corner. And I went, this is so weird. I looked around the corner. And he's trying to put a Spurs baby girl on it. <laughs> no way. <laughs> to take a picture. And I get that off, you know. And then funnily, my, my nephew is a United supporter. But his dad, my brother's a Liverpool supporter. But when wow, he stayed Jesus. over, really young, when he stayed over to us, I sat singing. He was only about four, singing United songs all night. That was his lullaby. And then when he went to bed... I took off the duvet and I put on a United uh, bed sheet and took loads of pictures of it and sent them to my brother who was in Germany and could do nothing about it. And uh, Luca woke up the next day going, I'm a red forever. <laughs> and that's, are you serious? United. Oh yeah, he's a United so, supporter. Your brother is Liverpool and your yeah, nephew. Yeah, his son, his son is United. I because of you. Because of me. Yeah. And, and your brother still talks to you? Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, I know. It's great. I remember my brother, uh, it was either his christening as well but my dad's my dad's huge you know the yeah. fan and so was my brother but uh, at the christening they all put him into a Liverpool baby grow oh, Carl yeah, yeah. Carl yeah. won't like that no he won't man. the photo comes up every now and again on yeah. Facebook Oof. Carl's birthday someone posted him and his Liverpool baby grow it's obviously a thing we obviously think that we just, which is probably true if you can get to the kid at some stage you know, and, 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 and sort of, you know, change their psyche and you be the nice, cool uncle yeah. Uh, yeah. and then just bombard them with United uh, stuff all night. Like, while he was asleep, I had his eyelids open and was just clicking United <laughs> things in front of him. So sublimely was going, and I was just going, Eric Antonio. <laughs> so, I mean, I hadn't sleep for two weeks after. I'd frightened myself. He's a United supporter. Do you go great. over often at all? Um, as much as I can, not yeah. as much as I I would like, but yeah. just when I when I can. So I haven't been over in a couple of years, but they've been shit in the last few years. I yeah, think. exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't want to go over. Yeah. The, um, throughout your career, have you ever kind of got to interview any of the? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we, we when I was with one hundred four. Um, we were the main sponsor behind the Red Store, which opened up on Delir oh, Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, so yeah. that opened on a Wednesday evening, and we had a big stage, and we had all the United um, uh, team there. 
and I was the MC. Obviously, I pushed Brilliant. myself in <laughs> to be the MC. So we interviewed Roy Keane and, and Gary Neville was there and a couple of the other lads. And Alex Ferguson was there. And I remember going up on the stage. It was a really cold October night. And I was going, Alex, how are you? Are you showing uh, yourself? Uh, no, I was okay, actually. Yeah. yeah. And he was going, see you, Sonny. You look like you're really cold. <laughs> and I went, I, d- I don't know what you said. <laughs> You look like you're really cold. And I said, I am really cold. Here, take this. And he gave me his jacket. And I, I put it. So at the end of it, I said, Alex, there's, do you want the jacket? And he says, no, that's yours now, son. That's yours. Oh, so yeah. I have it in the house still at home. Brilliant. So whenever a United fan comes in, I go, do you want to wear the Alex jacket? <laughs> so they love to sit down and just wear the jacket. No, my yeah, God. Still there. Still, it what was Keno like? Jacket. Huh? What was Keno like? Keno was cool. He was fine. I mean, it was a long time ago. So this would have been 96, 97. Um, and... Everyone got to ask. So we had a whole bunch of kids uh, who were fans of United, and each of them got to ask each of the United players uh, a question. Right. Um, my son Alex got to ask Roy Keane the question. You know, so again, that cemented him again for being a United well, supporter. Deadly. So he can never turn. Did never. you go to um, the Roy Keane Roddy Doyle tour when it was? No, I didn't. No, it's very no. good. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the one that was in the, 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 the RDS? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Hugh, Hugh Call, I think, was the MC. Oh, I know Hugh. Yeah, yeah. 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 but um, no, it was really good. He's very, very witty. He's very honest. Yeah. I mean, that's the point. He is. You, you get. You know. You get what you see with yeah. Roy Keane, and that's what you. There's nothing else going on. There's no hidden agenda. He's just real. If he says, you know, this is the way it's going to be, and there's not enough, you know, training balls on the pitch, or we don't yeah. like this hotel, then believe me, there probably isn't enough training balls on the pitch, and the hotel's probably shit. Mm-hmm. You know, well, Mick McCarthy'll, yeah, he'll fake the whole thing, you know, <clears throat> and still it, does. It's it's mad. In a 15 years on, and people still, I I still hear lads down the booze are arguing about. Yeah. It. Like, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Mad, all right. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's only fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, maybe after thirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. Jesus, look, we had celebrations like, you know, last year for the nineteen sixteen. Yeah, we don't. We don't. I think this go. is more important. <laughs> <laughs> this could have really divided the country. This was the it was a bigger civil war than twenty one. Was twenty one? Was nineteen nineteen? Whatever it was. Twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. He, he he was the face of seven up. I remember there was a big sign. Oh, that's right. In yeah. Town on Collins Street of just Kano. And then the builders took his head out. Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. There was, there was on scaffolding. Just I remember, picture right uh, in. I remember in school, the, the notice board outside the library, somebody must have printed off about 30 just photos of his face. It was just a black and white thing of his face. And wrote Judas on every one of them. Yeah. And yeah. plastered in them school. up. Yeah, I See, was like, he divided a country. I mean, oh, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. He divided a country. And it was like almost down a line. Like Munster were behind him and everyone else, you know. <laughs> in fairness, I, I was annoyed with him. I don't think, I think he was right to give out and all of that. But I think he was wrong to leave, you know. I think yeah. you make your point, but you stay with the lads, you know. And then even when you go away. But took maybe, up a lot. Maybe, maybe with them, we wouldn't have got to the... To, to that uh, game against Spain because there's a time when, when Keane was playing for Ireland that everything nearly had to go through him yeah. but if you remember those games those guys played with so much passion and I would think it was almost two fingers up to Keane going we can still do this without yeah. you yeah. or maybe maybe we would have won the World Cup we I probably would have South Korea were waiting for us that was everybody yeah. always said, oh, we definitely would have beat Spain Spain were there for the taking and sure yeah. if we'd bet Spain oh lads yeah. 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 I know, I know. but in fairness it was down to penalties yeah, well, that's I, even watch. I remember walking oh. outside the front of my house Smoking a cigarette, uh, and <laughs> then airs are gone. I'm just waiting for people. I knew I'd yeah. hear, and then I just heard everything. Ooh, I'm the exact same like that. We're watching oh, Ireland, yeah. or any kind of emotional investment that I have in sport. I'm just I can't watch that. I know it's nerves are gone. It's, like. a, it's I always say, and we do this thing for um, 
because uh, I do mental health talks as part of when I was with Cycling and Suicide and when you talk to guys because guys don't cry and I say well, when's the last time you cried and I go I gar- guarantee you I'll be able to tell you like I'm not a magician but I know when and the room was and it's going, it was at a sports with, how'd you know? That's <laughs> because that's what we do. We wait, we wait, we wait. It's either, you know, our girlfriend leaves us, uh, our dog gets run over by a car, or yeah. United win, you know. Yeah. We, we were actually and all of those three can happen in one day, and then you're fucked. Oh, Jesus, that'd be... <laughs> Jesus, man. What's the point? Your girlfriend runs <laughs> over your dog, leaves you, and United, you know. Yeah. On Champions League final day. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. We were actually only talking about that. We had um, Dale Vikramasinghe on a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about that exact same thing when was the last time we cried yeah. and then we both exactly like you were saying yeah. if if a heroic dog dies in a film or, or if my own dog died yeah. and other than that it was like I 100% bawled my eyes out in, in Stade de France when Ireland won the Six Nations mm. O'Driscoll's last match I had like I proper had a little sit down with snot bubbles and everything coming out man. it was yeah. just non-stop crying like. I cried on Wes Hill and scored in the Euros last summer yeah, well, yeah, we, yeah I remember that as yeah. well Robbie Brady yeah yeah, we all remember yeah. that I mean I remember sitting down and, and watching Marley and Me and I thought I was watching a great documentary about oh, that stop. and then the dog dies you thought you were watching the Nobody told me <laughs> the original Springsteen and I. It was one of those evenings. I wouldn't. Yeah. Mind, That's bro. heartbreaking, though, isn't it? I know. Yeah, that it wasn't about Bob. Yeah, 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 both. Because I was just going, geez, they're, they're focusing a lot on Bob's dog. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even come into any of his songs. And Where's this, Bob? This, yeah, this white fella isn't convincing us, Bob Marley yeah. at all. Now, <laughs> um, I was I, waiting in vain for his dog. It's um, emotional roller coaster, though, isn't it? That film, Marley, yeah, Marley and me, right. I watched that very, very hungover and very, <laughs> very delicate in Vegas. And I thought, you know what would be a nice way to get over this hangover? In a nice, dark, air-conditioned room with a little bit of laughter at a cute dog. Mm. I had read the book. I knew how it ended. Yeah. <laughs> still, There's a book, is there? You yeah, read the book? You yeah. read the book? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Do you read a lot of books about dogs that die? Actually, that's probably the only one. No. Isn't it? Yeah, probably. Oh, is there all series of Lassie, isn't there? <laughs> there was a whole series. Did Lassie, of Lassie die though? Oh, are you joking me? Yeah. Did Lassie yeah. die? Well, he yeah. dies in a lot of them. There's, Lassie yeah. is like Riverdance. There's a franchise. <laughs> you don't know which one you're. Getting. Just loads yeah. of Lassies. Yeah. It's, at this point, the only thing that rivals Lassie for a number of them is the Steg from Top Gear. Like there was yeah. hundreds of Lassies. Man. Yeah. They never uh, found out who the steak was, did they? In top how did they find out? Lots of them. But uh, yeah, yeah, there was there was a book, Marley and Me. Yeah, and I read it, and uh, I knew how it ended. And I still, at the, in the film, trying to walk back from the cinema in Vegas, trying not to let people see me crying out uh, on the strip. But it will carry on. With with, with Saipan though, um, there was a lot of airtime devoted to Saipan, wasn't there on the radio? Yeah, yeah, there like, was a, there was a lot. Of, I mean, I remember. I mean, it was great fodder, you know what yeah, I mean? It was yeah, great yeah. ammunition. Uh, and that was the year that England were also, because uh, we were slagging. I remember every day Jim, Jim, Jim would have a, a new song about something that was going on. Yeah. Um, and Saipan gave us just so much. Oh, yeah, I can't even remember the songs. Yeah. But one of the ones that year, um, to the street song, uh, you know, You Are So Fit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Every street. You are so shit. And yeah. you <laughs> England, you are so shit. And every day, bless him, Jim, every day would have a song written and we'd go into the studio at 5 a.m. before we went on air and record it. So it was, it was, really? it was relevant to the night before. That's um, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. You are shit. You, you went at 5 to record that and you're live at 6. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah, what? That sort of stuff, I know. I would say Breakfast Radio. Like, obviously, because you have to be the crack as well if you're doing that kind of show, but I'd say it also can drain the life out of you, can it? 
I think you have to be a certain beast to be able to do it. I mean, yeah. you have to be the sort of person that doesn't require an awful lot of sleep because um, you live on about five hours, four hours sleep a night. Um, because there's no point going to bed early because you have to be, you know, if you're on air at six, you have to be relating back to stuff that probably happened the night before that's yeah. current. Yeah. You can't go, did anything happen after five o'clock yesterday afternoon, <laughs> you know, you know, after fucking Jack and Ori, I turned off the TV <laughs> or whatever. So, and, um, but if you're working with a team, it's good and, and everyone gets on well. Yeah. Then everyone boosts each other, you know. So if somebody comes in feeling a bit down, the rest of the team are there to really bring people along. And then once you hit the once you hit the decks, it's you know you it's it's a, it's a, it's a roller coaster. It's great fun. It's up and down. There's stuff happening all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've prepped well and got a lot of comedy pieces, you're really looking forward to it. You know, um, so it's it's a great it's it's a it's a drug. It's a real drug. Breakfast radio is definitely a drug, um, but. Especially the likes on a Friday or a Thursday by about 11 o'clock in the morning, you're just gone. Yeah. You know, uh, I would always encourage, especially on a Friday by about half 11, I'd always encourage the team to go drinking. <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say there. Yeah, we would always go drinking. On a Friday? Yes. On Lovely. Friday. Yeah. Because that was our Friday evening. Yeah. We'd only last about five o'clock when we'd yeah. go to sleep. Gone, yeah. You know? Um, and then the sleep cycle must have been all over the place. I, it is, it is. I, when I was doing the story line clock, my kids were young, um, so that was you know they, they were like, up and down yeah. all the time. And I've never slept properly. I've never been a great sleeper, so it doesn't really interfere with me. Even now, I'm not a great sleeper. Did you always want to get into radio? No, never wanted to. It was uh, never. N- well, when I say never, I mean never. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was in college studying um, writing and directing. Uh, for TV and film well. um, with a view to going to uh, LA to be a great director um, which clearly hasn't happened. happened I thought you were going to say yeah. to go over in 92 and, um, you know. so yeah. yeah so yeah I, was, I went over in yeah, 92 going this, this place is so far from this <laughs> <laughs> I've gone back do you know what Darndale is better this is Jesus Christ I'm from I've seen this happening every Saturday um, so and and we were I was doing something we were doing something one night and there was a pirate station on we were playing a game of cards actually uh, and I bet a guy 20 quid that if I sent a demo tape in, uh, I'd get on air. And I did. You're uh, joking. Yeah. And it sort of sort of happened from there. And then I was still in college. And then the first Radio Nova came along back in the 80s, which was mm. the big super pirate. And I applied for that. And they just, they didn't even answer me. But one Saturday evening, apparently the guy who was going on air at six o'clock uh, rang in about five to say he was sick. And the girl who was the program director then, Remy, uh, opened a drawer where all the demo tapes are rattling around, stuck her hand in, picked mine up around me and said, if you can be here in an hour, you're on air. No um, way. And that was how I got the first gig in Radio Nova. So, wow. And then what happened was Radio afforded me a really good life, you know, yeah. um, which possibly directing wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I probably would have ended up directing bad porn. <laughs> um, and enjoying it. Um, take three. <laughs> Um, Take three hundred and three. So the um, so yeah, it's it's gave me a great career, you know. So yeah. you, you never turn your back on that. And then I then I really began to enjoy the whole element of it. I mean, when you do TV and you do radio, the difference is huge. It's extreme because radio is live, and that's the beauty of it because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. If you're a show a bit edgy like we were in the story line clock, you're putting yourself out for a fall half the times. Yeah. And and it happens, you know, which is great. Do do things like that happen nowadays where program directors are taking demos out of the, the drawer do demos be, get sent in no I was just actually thinking that and I go no because everything you get sent in now you get sent in electronically so in, in fairness since I joined Nova so when I t- 
became program director a couple of weeks ago. There's people I haven't heard from in years mm. uh, sending me stuff, but it's all electronically now, so it's all. So people are still sending stuff, though. Oh yeah, like yeah. just producers, writers, uh, guys, girls, everyone that wants to be on air, everyone that thinks they're the next whatever. You know, you're still getting stuff sent all the time. Yeah, constantly. Wow. So I'd say since I landed. Um, I'd say about 80s tapes, well, tapes, 80 electronic yeah. doodads were sent in. And then the guys, when I went in there, handed me a USB saying, they're all the people that have applied in the last year for jobs. And there was 350. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They put an ad up on radio today, that website looking for um, yeah possible newscaster. And it's just, you know, because there's no work in radio anymore. And it doesn't pay either. I would advise anyone not to go into radio. Really? It's, it's yeah. one of them that people definitely do for the love, I think, or do for. There was the, a time when we were all getting paid great money, and there was a time, you know, when RTE paid me great money. Bless them. <laughs> um, um, uh, but it, that those days are gone. You know, they really are. You know, I well, mean, I, even this gone? morning I was driving down into Snow and pulling up beside me was Tuberty um, on the Black Rock bypass, and I looked at him and he was only driving a zero nine Jag, and I thought. <laughs> It's tough, tough. <laughs> really? Yeah. Back in the day, that yeah, would have been a yeah. new one every year. Ah, yeah, he would have been there with a Ferrari and two blondes on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> so where's the money gone then in radio? Well, see, this, the, the, is it the just spend has gone. Yeah, okay. So the advertising media spend is, is, is moving slowly across to the digital platform. Yeah. So while, let's say there was two billion to spend, well, fuck, no, there was never two billion. Let's say a couple of hundred million to spend on media. That's still the same amount of money. But where is it going now? It's not going to the radio stations. So there could be, let's say, 70 million going to the radio stations, or 30 million, and 70 million going online. The mm-hmm. money's online, big time. So that's why radio stations are now trying to create you know, strong digital platforms, which are original content, to drive people, yeah. you know, to drive media buyers into that, that they can get a bit of that as well. You know? Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's very interesting. It is. It's, it's, I've I seen a, a report, this is where I got very... Very interesting because I talk about online reports, but uh, <laughs> it was the Irish Times and how they're trying to drive their podcasts and their media content. Mm. And it's something like 10 grand for a month's sponsorship on three of their podcasts, yeah, yeah, which is what? crazy. Like, yeah. yeah, the independent are doing it well, they're, 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 they're doing quite well, and the likes of joe.ie are doing well. And mm. we're, we're going to create a, a, a digital platform, nova.ie, but it's it's secondary or secondary it's shared with the radio station so yeah. it's not the it's not the website for the radio station in this website there is a radio station but it's also online content and for us it's to create and this is what i'm trying to tell people you've got to create original content so mm. in other words we can't host the video of the puppy falling into the water which has been viewed already i'm telling everyone we have to push the puppy into the water yeah, and that's so we create the original content, and that's when you'll start. People will go, oh, I'll check that website out because they 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 create original stuff. You know, is that where almost the cult of personality has a bigger value? Though, in the sense that somebody who because almost everybody now has this social media following. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. is that where kind of getting somebody there is that the hook to bring I think people it is, in? And like, then you're just getting a, you're getting a chance, and it is. Too many, th- especially radio stations, feel that if you strip down a little bit of what you've done during the day and just plonk it on the, as a podcast, people mm-hmm. will go woohoo and listen to you. And I'm going, absolutely not. The radio station is a standalone medium. The, 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 what we do on the website is going to be original content, which will feed into the demograph of, of who listens to the radio station. But we're going to create a lifestyle brand as opposed to just a radio station. Um, it's what we did years ago in 104 when we were being threatened at the top by 98 and at yeah. the bottom by spin. 
we had, and they were squeezing in. So uh, we had to we had to f- see how we were going to fight off and maintain our brand. And and for me, it was a case of deciding that a radio station is bigger than just its music. You've you've got to create almost a fashion brand that people want to be associated with and very proud of. Um, And then everything else they want, they'll find in there. So if they want comedy or live music or information about fashion or whatever, they know, oh, well, Nova's the one that feeds into my values. And you create this lifestyle brand. So then you create heritage. And look at 104. Look at the Strawberry Alarm Clock. It's still, I created that brand in 1995. It's still going. 95, was it? 95, yeah. That was late 90s. Oh, my God. No, 1995. That makes me feel ancient. And it's, um, (laughs) it's still there. And yeah. the jingles they're still playing are the ones that I wrote and sang on originally. They just changed the voices, wow. you know, because they can't use my voice obviously anymore. But they, yeah. they're still exactly the same. Like it's weird, you know. Are you proud of that? That it's still oh, gone. Jesus, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like it's the longest, it's the longest breakfast radio brand in Europe uh, on any radio station. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So in that respect, yeah, I got it right. You know, is the whole leave in 104 thing is that something that in any kind of interview you do it just comes up is it or everything comes up mm. so everything you know comes up and and the whole leave with 104 thing comes up you know uh, Jerry Dine comes up why did you flush a puppy down the toilet comes up <laughs> um, so you know <laughs> Lots of things. Do, does a flower does a flush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember Should that. You yeah. Use a toilet brush. Yeah, a does a flush. Yeah, people never got that. Uh, anyway, yeah, we got a, we got a complaint, and still to this day, the pl- the puppy didn't die. He jumped out of the toilet, but slipped across the room and went out the window and got hit by a car. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so yeah, the one hundred four thing. I suppose people wonder why did I leave, mm. and at that stage. I'd been PD, I'd been promotions director, I'd been everything, in the, and I'd obviously the strawberry alarm clock, and I brought got the station. There was nothing else I could do in 104. I'd done everything, um, and it had been bought by a network. It would have been bought by EMAP, um, so it was no longer an independent station. So some of what you're meant to do or not do was coming from people in Birmingham or Manchester, and I don't like that. Mm. Um, so there was, there was a bit of friction going on, and that's fine. Um, and then they weren't re-signing my contract now they weren't getting rid of me but I wanted one extra day's holiday and I used it as a sort of um, a gauge to see exactly how the corporates upstairs deal with stuff so they were going well I think you've enough holidays I go well I just want one day well I think you've enough holidays this went on for months and months and months and 2FM were aware that this was happening and John Clark rang me and I always remember it was a Friday I was down in Cork because I used to work do consultancy work with Red FM down in Cork because I was part of the uh, company that opened that up I'm a shareholder mm. down there as well so we, I was down there working with the breakfast team and John rings me and he says uh, look you're out of contract and I said yeah I am he says can we make an offer and I said well yeah you can if you want so I said I'm coming up by train tonight and he was there at the train station and he had an offer ready to go and then I said look I'm not sure I always remember I'm, Jim Jim and me are going out tonight we're going to uh, I always remember Republic of Luz in the Olympia um, and we were in the box in the Republic of Luz in, in Olympia it was about 10 o'clock and John <laughs> Knocked at the box uh, with a financial guy from 2FM going, how about this deal? And for the two of you? Yeah, like, yeah. Wow. Well, it was for me. In fairness, it was for me. And then if they got me, they were going yeah. after Jim. So I said, lads, look, we'll talk on Monday. So on Monday, they came to me again. And on Tuesday, across the road from 2FM, there's a, there's a street that goes down up Nutley Avenue. And I met there in a car and sat in the car with John Clark and the financial controller 2FM. And we signed a contract. So 
I hadn't see I was out of contract in 104 so yeah. I was back in 104 and then a big meeting came up in January and it was a huge promotion and I went in and I said lads I'm, I'm not going to go to that meeting and they said like why not and I said I don't think it's fair I think I should be under contract if you're going to reveal a big promotion because it would be unfair and they went okay well will you sign the contract and I said you still haven't done the one day thing right we'll do the one day I said it's too late I'm not signing and all fucking hell broke loose did hell break loose yeah yeah, yeah it, was, it was big news at the time oh Jesus yeah, huge news they brought me in the chief executive was sitting there going Colin what's wrong and I go listen Lars you had the chance so that's it but why would you ever you're part of the furniture and I said maybe that's why you know um, and then they went like is Jim Jim leaving and I said well I don't know you'd have to ask him that so they, they sort of had Jim Jim in another interview room like the, it was like the bill <laughs> alright gaffer tell us now are you signing and Jim said well I'm not going to stay after my contract he said either he hadn't signed in that stage 2FM mm. um, so they didn't know it was 2FM we just said we weren't signing Right. so that was all fine and dandy and then one Friday we were on air and it broke that we were going to 2FM and after that it broke while you are on yeah oh on my air. god so when we finished at 10 o'clock we went into our office and there was two security guys there and, and the chief executive came in uh, Tim and he said right we know where you're going so you have to leave now and you can't say goodbye to anybody or anything um, and we have security here to check you don't take anything and I'm going I'm going Tim what do you not think at this stage if I wanted anything I'd have taken it you know I've been working here yeah. I set the station up so if I wanted anything I'd take it and I said I'm going down to say goodbye to everybody and he said no the security guards will stop you and I went fuck off so went down told people and then we left and we had a big boozy session in Donnie and Nesbitt's stuff Friday night. And that was it then. Over. That's mad. Yeah, 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 it's mad. But that's the way they did it though in those days. Yeah. They'd sort of, well, I think they still do. Um, they don't allow you to say goodbye because they think you're going to say something crazy or mad live in air, you know. Um, or, you know, hey, tune in to 2FM, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, my last listen to FM 104. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so that was the way that ended. You know, Jesus, yeah. after uh, God, many years. Uh, but as I said, I, look, I, the, the other gig was lined up. Yeah, But you gave them months to come back. Gave them months. So my contract was, was over in August, the end of August, and I signed uh, for 2FM in November. That's how long they left me. They used to do that all the time. They'd just leave you out of contract because they just presume um, that you were going to sign. Now, it was different when they weren't part of this network. Yeah. Um, but the network, they just had this different way. They didn't deal with talent properly. Um, you had your mind made up, but then yeah, RT, yeah. RTE came. They calling. lost. I mean, the station then lost. We left uh, the audience. I think it was one hundred and thirty thousand in the Strawberry Outlook, and it dropped to seventy thousand. Uh, the chief executive lost his job because EMAP said, "How did you lose the biggest breakfast show in Dublin? Like what happened?" Um, it was over one holiday. Yeah, one day holiday. Yeah, so he's just and they just went get out. You have to make complete sense, um, and uh, <laughs> that was it. it. Was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Mad, yeah. yeah. I thought, yeah, like, I mean, I didn't know the, the entire story, obviously. You know, yeah. You're not, but that's crazy. Yeah, but radio's a bit like that. It's a bit like that. Mm. You know, there's crazy things happen all the time. And still do. Yeah. I mean, there's still stuff going on, in, especially in all the big networks, Communicore, News Corps, uh, yeah. all that stuff. You know, UTV Ireland, Gone, News Corps, Ian, Rupert Murdoch, Bine. Stations in Ireland, what's that all about, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... What is that all about? Well, what it's all about is he bought... He, he, to buy the group, he wanted to buy sports, uh, talk sports. Mm. But he had to buy the group to buy talk sport. So he's got talk sport. So now somebody said to him, you know you own a station, a radio station in Drogheda? 
<laughs> you know um, so I think you'll see a lot of changes in their little can you imagine, talk has he been to Toronto I was going to say can you imagine come down to like cut the ribbon after they get a refurbishment or something <laughs> yeah. he arrived in, in so uh, where we are in, in, in Nova there around the corner in, so apparently two weeks ago he arrived unexpected a fleet of cars from the airport Murdoch, Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch oh, yeah. Rupert Murdoch arrived Shut up. into McIntyre yeah and into the building did about a half an hour walked around came back out and pfft, back off to the airport I wonder did he get a plane or did he just transcend from hell directly like, <laughs> yeah. 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 it's impressive that like, yeah. you know? that's mental isn't I it know. he didn't I even know. hear anything about it no yeah. it got nowhere didn't get into any of his newspapers huh there you go <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a surprise huh <laughs> didn't go on Sky no yeah, yeah. Sure, why would they, huh? Yeah. When why you went, they? when the two years then went to 2FM, was it was the sole purpose to recreate the strawberry alarm clock? Well, they wanted us to be, you know, uh, uh, yeah, they, want, they wanted that sort of sense of show because um, that's what we created and that's what we were working with. It. Um, and originally we were calling it, it was the 2FM alarm clock. Um, but uh, they took an injunction against us. I was going to say, slits yeah. letters. 104 took an injunction against us and then they took an injunction against me and then they served me with a summons saying that they were sending somebody to my house if I didn't hand up everything I had belonging that was ever recorded belonging to uh, 104, that they would get a warrant to search my house, which I thought was... This got very nasty, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. Because, see, there's a big thing in a contract called intellectual property. Mm. And once anything you do is broadcast through the transmission of a radio station, the radio station immediately owns it. So all the characters that we created, all the games that we created, we should have probably patented the names, but we didn't. Uh, even the name of the Strawberry Land Clock. Yeah. Um, so once it's broadcast through their transmissions, they own it. So they oh. presumed I had loads of uh, recordings and tapes and mini discs of characters and stuff yeah. like that. They thought I had loads of them in the house and, and they, were, they wanted them all back. And um, I did. Have loads of them in the house. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> so you didn't give them back? No, I didn't. I thought this would be brilliant. I rang a couple of people in the newspaper saying, look, there might be a great story here of a couple of heavies trying to break into my house. Have you got the mini dish of the trolley dollies? <laughs> <laughs> the trolley dollies, yeah. love it. Yeah, hands over the trolley. Where are the ladies? <laughs> <laughs> so nobody knocked at your door then. It was just threatening. It's just threatening. Well, no, we couldn't go ahead with the name, the 2FM alarm clock. So it's fine. So yeah. With the column and Jim Jim Breakfast Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is that is nasty. Like that's I can get like that. Yeah. Did Jim Jim get the same treatment against him? Uh, not so much because I was sort of the the guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'd yeah. been the PD and I was sort of the scene as the, the, the name behind it and that. So um no, they'd always come at me. They'd always come after me. And well, I'd say Crazy. it was weird when he went back. <laughs> For him, yeah. yeah, I'd say it was. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean at that stage there was a different management. It was a different um, group that owned them because it was Scottish Radio Holdings. Then I went to EMAP, and then I can't remember. I think he went back when it was UTV Ireland because um, 104 has been sold so many times. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I'd say it was quite unusual. But I mean, he went back then as the named guy, so it was mm. Jim Jim and Nobby. That's you know? right. Yeah. So yeah. he got the he got the name above the door. Mm. Um, they had an entire campaign for that as well. I never seen Jim Jim's did, back. Yeah, they had a picture of his back, which is clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, was very clever. I don't think that was his back. I think that was a girl's back. <laughs> Unless he has a girl's back. Yeah, I've never know. seen him naked. <laughs> That's the title of your show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're a good journalist now, you'd forget everything else we've said. You'd naked back. Naked, yeah. naked yeah. back. He's back naked. Blurb. Yeah. Blurb all the way. You yeah. can imagine how Jim Jim, the last time he was 
before he went returned, he was being escorted out by security. And then he's walking back in. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it it, it is weird, isn't it? That's just radio though, is it? Uh, it happens in prison as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's one of those things. They just think you're, because it's live. Again, it's going back to this live thing. Yeah. Because it's live, you think, they think you're just going to go in and wreck the place, you know, or, or do something like that. I was in a radio station years and years ago called KELO, and there was a guy, Ming, he was the newsreader. Um, and he Ming was, Flanagan? No, it wasn't Ming. But we, this guy was named Ming as well, and he was he was mad. He was really crazy, um, and he always wanted to do the news in his style, but he couldn't. So eventually, he flipped and he got into the studio. He I'd gone to the toilet, I was doing the breakfast, and he got into the studio tent to lock the door and go. Now wait till I tell you about Korea. <laughs> he was gay, and that's fine. Um, and he did all this, and we're biting. Hey, let us in! Let us in! No way! Oh yeah, yeah. The war in Yugoslavia is. T- <laughs> oh, it's terrible. There's people dying all over the place. But the beaches are still lovely. And it was just <laughs> That is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big let us in. Well, I'd almost rather if the news was like that. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh but yeah, we got Did he get it. sacked? Uh I think he did, yeah, yeah. It's probably something you would. You get. probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Ming went on to be uh, and <laughs> Raymond oh, what was his name? Someone got, anyway, Ming went on to be um, part of that fashion show off the rails he was one of the first presenters he then wow. was an actor and he was a, and he was a writer um, he wrote a couple of plays and then he decided to go around the world um, so he, he 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 said to me goodbye I'm off around the world um, and with his friend and they went around the world but he lost his friend um, at traffic lights in Paris um, and two days later was back knocking on my door and going, I thought you were going around the world oh no I, lo- I can't, don't know where she is I got as far as Paris uh, that's the last time I saw him. You're faking joking. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, Ming Ray, Martin Raymond. Yeah, some that's characters. I was a great character. Yeah, and he was. If you're listening, he was, <laughs> if you're listening, and Ming was flamboyantly and crazy gay. And now I was uh, not married at that stage, but living with Anne. But he fancied the whole of me, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he used to he used to stay in the flat, and Anne would always make me sleep on the. Out inside towards the window and towards the door, and about eight o'clock in the morning, he'd open up the door and he'd have made us breakfast, and he'd just be wearing an apron. Breakfast? No yeah. way! Oh yeah, it's character. I yeah. wonder what he's doing now. Probably the same to somebody else. Probably in a in a calf. He was a great writer, in fairness. He was a really good writer. Yeah, yeah he was a great writer. That is hilarious. Yeah, he's funny. You see, that's I suppose the, the the kind of personalities that a character is kind of you know when the mic is off is kind of the stuff that people. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like because like you're not a whole behind the curtain thing. Yeah, kind of like, like Ricky Gervais thing yeah. as well. Yeah, Where, how Carl Pilkington came. <laughs> but to the like, thing is, yeah. when, when you when you're working with a crew and and it's and it's live and there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of pr- pressure to to perform and to succeed. And you know, and I always say when we when the strawberry line talk got to number one and people are going, hey, that's brilliant. I went, no, that's the easy part. Now Stay it's how we stay there. So yeah. there's a lot of pressure. And when you're PD as well, there's a lot of pressure. So you do blow the gaskets a lot. Uh, and so when you when you when you go off partying and stuff like that, it's you party pretty hard. Really. Um, and we'd be lucky to have some great. Like we had the show live from Glastonbury a couple of times. Um, we had the show live from the Princess Trust in in Hyde Park. We did two weeks live from uh, the Microsoft Game thing in in LA, and you know, so you'd have shows like that, and then you just you'd yeah. party hard afterwards. And that's what, how you got rid of uh, all of that. What's happening lately on radio that I've noticed is that. There'll be a name presenter, but 
It's almost like two presenters, but the second presenter is the producer. There is a bit of that. That's a real BBC Radio 2 mm. thing. Yeah, so the I'm person not sure I'm a fan of that. Yeah. The other thing, it seems to be every radio show now has to have a comedian. Yeah. yeah, and so today FM at the moment they have Mario and the Breakfast, and they have German Dave, and then they have my mate Al Al Porter. Al Porter, uh, yeah. and it's just like Comedy Central. It's nine yeah. hours of comedy. It's too much, you know. You yeah. and Al, when you first started, um, when he first started going on your show, and yeah, it was brilliant. That's good. And what I would advise people to do because they're still up there is we did a series then of late night uh, drive by. Really, so they were podcasts, so they are completely outrageous and really? completely relevant. So we did about four of them. They're still up there. They're yeah. still available. Actually, I was listening to one the other day, and oh man, it's just <laughs> really yeah. Because they're really, I really, really enjoyed them. Yeah, it's good. So yeah. our podcast would be sort of like this, but it would just go because uh, we'd have a few beers, and then we'd have wine. <laughs> and from that moment, no, on. then we'd have shorts. <laughs> Then during the in the, in the studio. Oh my see. god! This and is then the... and then we'd have pizza. We'd order pizza. Brilliant. So the pizza would be at nine ten o'clock at night. The pizza guy would be at the steps of the radio saying, "Where are you guys?" You know. Um, and then we'd start the podcast, and we'd record for about three hours, and then I'd have to edit it down. Um, and it was just yeah, it was just nuts, totally irreverent, deadly. Yeah, like uh, nothing you could do on radio. What we said, yeah, what we yeah. talked about. I suppose that's that's all sort of beauty of podcasting. That yeah. it, it gives you, it affords you that freedom to yeah. just be, you know. Well, we, I mean, there's stuff we did in 104. We got it, we got many many complaints on on the story line mm. because I wanted to push it to a stage to see where you could go with it and what you could do. I mean, we had yeah. a live orgasm on air, um, which uh, was with the Jim Rose Circus, and this was at twenty past nine in the morning. And it was I always remember kids are at school, so it was, yeah, yeah, but school, it was yeah. a Thursday morning. It was Wednesday morning, and this girl had the full orgasm live in air, like it was just nuts. Um, but one of our biggest it's kind of Howard Stern I know it? yeah and one of our biggest advertisers was a DIY store and on a Wednesday uh, please they, tell me it was Woody's because that would just <laughs> <laughs> that's my punchline gone it was Sorry. it was oh, yes. sake, Danny. but the thing is they had they had a half price for pensioners morning <laughs> on a Wednesday uh, and it was Woody's so we'd always be playing the speakers and there's L ones going around oh. buying paint and all you could hear is oh 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 and you could see what's that I haven't heard that in years <laughs> that is hilarious and we lost account that's yeah, a shot we, we lost like 25 grand on that oh yeah. no and then we had another great one where we were talking about Christian Brothers and and I was going, yeah, we did a terrible Christian brother called Brother Hula Hoop. And Jesus, he just abused everybody. And this was live. And, and they were going, whoa, really? Yeah. And I was going, oh, he was terrible. And he kicked the shit out of you. And we knew he'd always look for the weak person in the class. And they'd disappear for a nature walk up the field. And they'd come back a little blushed. And the brother would be flushed. Um, and then, so we got a letter from the PR agency. I didn't know the Christian brothers yeah. had a PR agency. Saying, uh, the, the Christian brother has identified... Uh, who you're talking about and knows who Brother Hula Hoop is and on that basis if you don't issue an apology or, or refute that you'll never talk about Brother Hula Hoop again uh, we will sue you so the next morning I read the letter out on air uh, the solicitor's letter now I got back in from our solicitor so I read the solicitor's letter on air next letter came going okay that's it we are now going to the high court Brother Hula Hoop has identified you, we know who he is so we went on air the next day ripped that letter up and I said by the way there is no Brother Hula Hoop 
There was never a brother hula hoop. The brother I'm talking about is actually about 25 or 26 brothers combined over all the years and all the stories I've heard about brothers. And I just gave him a name, hula hoop. So clearly somebody's guilty, but it's not me. Yeah, and that was it. We never heard from him again. That but is brilliant. I imagine they went very quiet. Yeah, very they were very quiet. Yeah, yeah. After that, what a yeah. comeback there, though. That was brilliant. yeah. So it's if you can if you push it out and you're ready, you know where you're going to go with it. You know, but yeah. you're the you're the PD at the time as well. Yeah, yeah. So so you can do what you want. See, that was the beauty of the story, Clock. The only person that could really give out to me was myself. Um, and when we did it, um, I was given carte blanche for a year by the, the board because 104 was on its knees yeah. and wasn't doing well. And I said, look, lads, you can love me and hate me for a year and you can tell me every day that you hate the show, but you can't change it. And about like the first two or three months, they'd be calling me into the board and going, man, that's the greatest load of shit I've ever heard. That's going to kill the station. But I'm going, the station is dead anyway, you know. So, no, that's it. That's but, And I said, you can't touch it. Um, and then nine months later, we went number one. We beat Pat and Elaine, who were doing the breakfast show on, um, on 98. And we were brought into the boardroom and the door had opened going, ha, 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 I heard this morning, that's the funniest show ever. <laughs> and I go, yeah, because you're about to sell the station to Virgin for 100 uh-huh. grand. And you've now just done a deal for 32 million. That's the power of radio. You know? Oh, my yeah. God. That's incredible. When you hear stories like that, that is like, yeah. you know what I mean? They were, we, 104 was being sold to Virgin. It'd be, we'd had permission from the IRTC to sell it to Virgin. We had the letterheads, Virgin letterheads, Virgin 104. Um, I had met up with um, uh, Chris Evans' company, um, with Ginger Productions. Uh, there, there are people that come in to view the station. I'd been over with Virgin many times, <coughs> meeting with their PD, and, and the whole lot went out in the piss one day with, with uh, Ginger himself. Chris um, and then the board called me in and said well it's it's a done deal and I went guys I just think a hundred grand you're selling yourself really short and that's when I I begged them to give me a year yeah and they gave it to me and then two a year after that it was sold to it was sold to SRH Scottish Radio Holdings for 32 million Jesus yes, I know I know in short, such a short space of time yeah well that's it the value of stations then was just nuts you were yeah. getting 33 times the value of your annual income or whatever your turnover yeah. so if a station turnover of 5 million literally the guys in the accountants were going multiply by 33 that's what the value is worth and that's what stations were that's going insane. for insane they're just nowhere near so now. where did Virgin get the 100 grand number from uh, it's just because it was on its knees because because the, the board of directors were looking for a seller they wanted out they wanted it gone it, they, the 100 grand meant that we burnt off the million and a half that we owed Right. So that company we would have been folded. So our would have been folded. The revenue or whatever or the creditors couldn't go after Virgin. Yeah. It was a brand new company. Um, so they were coming in on the ground. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, it's mad. I don't know how scary. different it could have been. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You interviewed me twice on um, <clears throat> Two FM. Did I? Yeah. Do what? I was going to France for the wheelchair rugby sevens. Okay. And what show was that? Uh, the it was when you were in the morning on Two FM. Yeah, uh, the talk um, show. Yeah, the talk show. Right. So, yeah, you just interviewed me before we went to the tournament yeah. to talk about wheelchair rugby sevens and then after the tournament to see how we got on. How'd you get on? Uh, we won the Triple Crown. Did you? You actually weren't, you're someone filling in for you when we okay. came back. Some girl, I think. Fiona Looney, probably, yeah. She it was Fiona Looney. Yeah, she's filling in for me. Fiona mm-hmm. interviewed me on yeah. the way back. I was raging you weren't there. Yeah. yeah. She's not as funny as me. No, yeah. absolutely not. I was like, where's Colin? Yeah. I'm already coming on to talk to Colin. <laughs> yeah. He's not back for a month. You should have, you should have waited. <laughs> yeah. France. Yeah, yeah. Not getting on that ferry. No. Yeah. Just waiting on the beaches of Normandy. Just waiting. Oh, no, yeah. It's a good spot yeah. here. Like yeah. it. Just waiting for a column. Still there waiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
where did like just because it's kind of came up and all that and the changes in media and the changes in radio and all that then like obviously everything has to have that digital edge that you were talking yeah, about yeah but where did it where does everything go in terms of getting that do you know i suppose i've been in radio a long time uh, um and when i started it was like fm stereo came along mm. and nova the original nova uh we went to america la and got an, an fm stereo um a transmitter and I don't know you guys would be old enough to remember that when you tuned in the red light came on yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. suddenly this wide sound came mm. well Nova was the first to have that wide sound and in America FM was huge at that stage with Kiss FM and all those stations and music was being written and produced to fit in to that sense of the optimod and wideness and when I started Nova I was like 21 um, and the first thing they did was they flew me to LA 21 years of age I'd never even gone out on the south side you know they flew me to LA oh because of a bet you get put you send a cassette in for a bet fly to LA you get put up in a condominium you're three weeks in LA yeah and all you have to do is just wear headphones all the time and listen to um, radio stations over there to get the sense of how how things are and what the flow is like that was brilliant you know what I mean Um, and it was brilliant because the two guys who were over before me I was the youngest in Nova and they'd scored the best weed in LA (laughs) and they had hidden it behind a dresser uh, in in so it, the thing is when you landed on the air when you were passing through customs they just go you go how was the two weeks grand behind the dresser okay <laughs> <laughs> and the finest um, weed known to man you know, from from San Francisco or wherever so that was good um, so the point being then that every, so when FM stereo came along everyone just went oh game is up you know two FM didn't have stereo they had to invest hundreds of thousands in it to get that and then the super pirates came along so all the little pirates just died and there was just sunshine and Nova um, and then they came in and raided us all and everyone thought oh that's the end of radio so it's cyclical all the time it turns it changes mm. I was just mentioning earlier on I mean when when uh, when TV came along originally back in the in the you know 50s radio thought this is it game over mm. we can't compete you know Netflix has come along and TV is going game yeah. over you can't compete um, so it's but they can't but it's it's how you react to it, you know. Um, so, radio will exist. Radio will stay. We still we still per capita have the highest rate of listenership in Europe. Yeah, uh, it, like ninety seven percent of all adults at some stage during the day listen to radio. That's like huge, you know. Um, so, in that respect, it's it, it's still there. Radio is still there. It's what is it doing? Who's using it? How are they feeding off it? You know, the feeding habits are completely different to when, you know, originally 20 years ago. And the other big thing is that where are they coming into radio? So, you know, you ask a 70-year-old kid now to tune a radio station and they look at you going, what the fuck? You know, yeah, where, yeah. What, a radio? Can I get an app? Yeah, there you go. They <laughs> yeah. can direct. So they come in through the digital portal. So you've got to make that entrance really exciting for them. So they'll come in then to your radio station. And so you've got to give them a lot of treats along the way to, to, to coax them in. So it's no longer, you know, Top of the Pops or, you know, this great radio station arts on a bus side, you know, yeah. the Colin and Jim's and Breakfast Show, you got to listen in. There's a different way of getting people in. But once you get them in, you've still, if your brand is strong enough, they'll, they'll stay with you, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's the younger people aren't coming into radio. So conscripting at a young age is almost gone. You know, chasing 15, 16, 17-year-olds. It's probably now 21, 22 before they actually 
get fed up of trying to tune in in vivo and YouTube and all that, mm. and they go into you know they'll choose yeah. a radio station for them. You know, so I'd hate to be in that market when they're chasing fifteen year olds. You know, yeah. nobody should be chasing a fifteen year old. Do you hear that guy? Clear? <laughs> <laughs> Rolf Harris. They were the last DJs that really chased fifteen year olds. Yeah. yeah. Um, our, our pod- Jimmy Savile as well. Sorry. Jimmy Savile, yeah. of course. Would our podcast competitors now to radio stations? Would what? Would podcasts? Would they be? Because it's kind of like. I suppose it's kind of like the Netflix to the TV. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pod- taken off in America. Like. Podcasts are taking off big time. Mm. Well, I mean, mm. they, they are taking off. I mean, look, the numbers you get are huge. The, this Captain, Second Captain 7, I always call it the Seven Captains Live. <laughs> Second Captains Live are doing yeah, pretty good. Yeah, you know? yeah, they've yeah. moved to a paid model, which That's, is... Yeah, my, and my son brave. pays for it. Oh, he yeah. pays for it as well. Yeah, okay, yeah. and he's quite happy with the service he gets. Yeah. Um, I personally uh, listen to a lot of the podcasts. It's the best of BBC comedy. Yeah. Um, BBC Radio 4 which is brilliant um, I did Serial I did the next one after Serial I did Whatever Happened Richard Simmons um, which is a great series and podcast um, and they are definitely finding a place in the market because it's original content yeah. and it's perfect for. see again it's, it's what I was saying how are people feeding now you know, and they're feeding by look at the amount of people that you you see walking with headphones, walking their dog, jogging, you know, in a car on a bike. Everything's headphones, headphones, headphones. Um, and with a podcast, you can dip in and out. You yeah. can take ten minutes and come back to it two days later, mm. and it's the same sort of thing. A podcast now is almost like a book. You know, you'd have a great book, and you just you can you come back that. to it two days later, and and whatever. You can't do that with TV or with radio or whatever. And I think that's where podcasts. You know, yeah. and and once podcasts, um, and there was a very interesting um, a convention I went to about podcasts. They flew over a couple of these podcast gurus from the BBC over to RTE, <clears throat> and the big thing was they were saying how to treat podcasts and don't treat it like radio. It's a completely yeah. different environment, so don't even compare it to radio. Don't even look at radio as a model for it. She actually said, look to theatre. I thought was quite interesting. It is, and the yeah. reason is, going, what do you mean theatre? says, something really exciting has to happen every 90 seconds in a podcast. It doesn't have to be like that in, in radio. Mm. Um, because radio is sometimes, especially breakfast radio, is more about where am I when the news comes on because it's nine o'clock. And that's the only thing, it's called that benchmark position. Yeah. But podcasts have to keep you, you know, going. And that 90 seconds, it's like a book. It's like the first chapter. The first chapter don't get you. It's gone, you know, publisher ain't going to even look at it, you know, yeah. and it's getting that. And I think on this particular podcast this evening, I've been really interesting every 90 seconds. Yeah, no, I'll give you that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I've had to stop once there. I'll, I'll yeah. even, do you know what, I'll even say every 60 seconds. Yeah, you, thank you, you very much. Yeah. You turned it on. There's you turned it on. <laughs> interesting moment five. Yeah. Um, no, you, you, you hit it earlier on as well. Like, I think part of the thing that, that, that and I'm by no means a genius or an expert in this, but, like, just carving up your two or three hour show yeah. on RTE and putting them out in segments as a podcast. Yeah. It's not. It's it's not. It's, you know? it's like replay. It's like highlights. It's mm. Let that live over there. You know, it's and, and create original content exactly, for your yeah. podcast. I mean, one of the things that, you know, when we're developing the website uh, is I'm developing a comedy department. Mm. Um, I'm developing a live music department. I'm developing a documentary department. This will be music documentaries and stuff. But they will live on... The website and won't be on the radio station. Yeah. So therefore, you're not you're not you're not making either. You're not diluting either. Mm. Now one can take a nod to the other. You know, you can promote it. Going, you know, check out the live thing on our check out the documentary, but it won't live on the radio station. It'll be original content on the on the on the digital platform. 
which is how you build it up, you know. Definitely. Yeah. It's exciting times then. I'll be looking forward to, to, yeah. to seeing the changes. Yeah, yeah, seems like it. Yeah. Um, um, with Cycle Against Suicide, how did you get involved in that? From day one, um, Jim Breen, when I was on the talk show, Jim came to me. Jim Breen was on um, um, Secret Billionaire and he just saw the devastation of amongst young guys in the north side of the city with mental health and suicide. And he just thought, Jesus, we need to do something about this. We need to get talking about mental health. So um, he came to me and asked, would our show, my show, be a sponsor, media sponsor for it? Uh, and I said, absolutely. And from that moment then, I just became involved in it and have been for five years now. You wow. Know? It's been five years, is it? Yeah. Because I remember years. it was on the radio. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot. Yes. So for two or three years while I was in 2FM, we had it yeah. as the main sponsor. When I moved from 2FM, then, you know, 2FM didn't get behind it as much. So we got a lot of local stations sponsoring it. Um, so, yeah, it's been that long. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a big organisation. Yeah, it's going pretty well. Yeah, very good. Jesus, mm. that was five years. Yeah, it's getting people talking about positive yeah. mental. Yeah, I know in my school, you know, when I was growing up, if you said, "Oh, Jesus, I don't feel well in my head," you know, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, no. you're nuts or something, right? You know, and it's just getting people talking about their mental health and how they feel. And would, when it. you were in school, would people actually say, uh, "You know, I've got something wrong with my head"? No, they no, wouldn't. They wouldn't. No, 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 absolutely not. That's a weakness. Yeah, of course. You know, absolutely, that's a complete weakness. Mm. Um, and what we say in Cycling and Suicide that actually talking about it is a strength. You know, mm. hiding it is the weakness. Exactly. Talking yeah. about it is the strength. Yeah. And this idea that our strap line is okay not to feel okay, and it's absolutely okay to ask for help, and it's really important. You yeah. know? Um, and we think, you know, like when we did the cycle this year, and I was part of it for the two weeks because I was giving talks every day. So we'd have a talk in the morning and a talk at lunchtime. Across the two weeks, we reckon we engaged with 20,000 students. Wow. You know, fifth years and six years, just talking and about And that's the age you need to get. That is, definitely. Well, yeah, I, absolutely. But yeah. I also think that there should be a mental health curriculum in like primary school fourth mm. years fifth years sixth years because when you actually get hit with mental health issues it's generally when you're a teenager yeah. for whatever reason you step out to be different you put your hand up to say you're gay you said tell somebody that you support rangers these are all points in your life when you're going to get abuse and you should have the armor at that stage the defense mechanisms to go, well, it's okay to be different. Yeah. I'm happy with it, except for the Rangers thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with being different. I'm happy with that. <laughs> and I have the armor now to be able to deal with that as opposed to you're making me feel that there's something yeah. wrong with being different. Mm. Man, if there was something wrong with being different, I would have never made a career in radio. You know, yeah. it's, yeah. you know, it's, you know I, I celebrate, I embrace difference. Yeah. You know, I love it all the time. Creativity. I constantly say to my kids, well, they're not kids anymore, but that that's, you know, to embrace people who are different to give you different viewpoints different stories different colour that's it that's yeah. what the world's about you know 100%. if we're all the same you know it's just it's just 98 FM <laughs> <laughs> are your kids involved in media? Uh, no uh, Alex isn't uh, my daughter uh, will she's a great little writer Writing. So she does a lot of writing um, and I think she might become a, a, a yeah a bit of a writer because she's always to me, has always said like her her love of writing has always come from me because I've I write a lot. Um, I'm the I'm the most successful unpublished author in Dublin. <laughs> really? Yeah. Have you got like have you got stuff? I've <laughs> three books. Yeah, yeah. Really? I've written three books. They just haven't been published yet. And what are they about? Um, the first one was called um, Stones Don't Bounce, uh, which was a thing my sister said to me when I was growing up on the north side to, to encourage me to throw a stone out a window. 
uh, in a house. She said, stones bounce, stones bounce was the corner. Stones bounce next to his donor window and smashed and I got into trouble. So it was all the things that <laughs> happened when you were a kid. And yeah. that, that, that's sort of the, the pivotal moments of your life, the defining moments of your life. And that gets you to change, you know, to, from that direction. It's all about it, this guy's marriage breaking up and it's his first date ever in like 10 or 12 years and everything that happens across that night. So it goes back to his childhood. Oh, and also he's trying to get to the airport because his wife is uh, coming back with the kids. And if he's not there, he thinks they'll never love him again because they just split up. But the girlfriend that he's with, or the girl he's with, who's the date, um, her ex-boyfriend who's Jamaican breaks in and holds them hostage because she washed his cat uh, <laughs> in the washing machine and killed it. But there was a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah but never told him. So <laughs> until the cat arrives back, he's keeping... So loads of stuff going on. So it's all set across a night. Um, but also it's him saying Jesus how did I get here why have you tried to get them published oh no. I did yeah oh, you did. yeah, yeah. but I not as much as I should have because right. um, then I went back into doing other stuff and then last year I sat down and wrote another book and this is Patterson's Revenge the character that was in my head for years he's a private investigator in, in Dublin and he was a shock jock um, but he lost his uh, job when he defamed the Minister for Foreign Affairs live on air accused him of being involved in a murder this sounds um, like a series he, yeah well it could be TV show so yeah. he, um, he then <laughs> becomes a sort of a, a two bit gumshoe um, uh, private investigator who, who falls across a big case involving money laundering from the foreign affairs minister and, and uh, which has happened with all the um, international aid that we send off Wow. So about seven years ago, 63 million of money that we sent to um, Uganda oh, I've seen that. disappeared, yeah. just, just disappeared bill. and then reappeared suddenly. Yeah. Um, and some of the money that we gave, um, three and a half, because I did a lot of research, was three and a half, four thousand euros of money that we gave to Kenya went for flagpoles for the embassy. And it was meant to be for aid. And wow. also 15,000 went for mountain bikes for the police force of Uganda who that year introduced a law to say that it was illegal and you'll be jailed for being gay. And we gave a country that money. We also give money to you to India still, which is a stronger economy than ours. Yeah, I've seen that as We well, still yeah. give India yeah. money. Yeah, we give yeah, 632 yeah. million a year. Jesus. Even through the recession, even through all the homelessness in Ireland, we gave 632 million a year. Now you have to find it, you can trace and trace and trace it, and then it starts coming up. We paid for a, a, um, a swimming pool in an embassy in Uganda as well. Um, so you trace it, you'll find out exactly when you go for it. If you put in an FOI, Freedom yeah. of Information, they have to tell you where the money went. And it's appalling. Absolutely oh appalling. Wow. Um, but anyway, so this book then is based on the premise that once the money goes, nobody ever thinks about it. And nobody knows or nobody And nobody asks, knows. So, so Patterson slipped across this and then it yeah. all... You know, there's a, kidnaps and all that sort of have stuff. Have you looked at self-publishing? Have you thought about going down that No, road no. I, I, for years, in, when I know many writers, they always say... Don't do it. Don't do it. Vanity yeah. publishing, no, don't do it. So that's there. That's a book of three, but that's the first one. And then I have another book called uh, Sparks, which um, just happened one day when I was, I was driving. And it was a story in the papers, about, a horrendous story about this woman giving a victim report on her kid who had been killed in a car crash by a drunken driver um, and I was really wow, that's, that was really strong mm. and then the next song that came on on the radio or a tune was Sparks and another part of my brain went is there something that leaves our body the moment we die like your soul what if you could see it it's a spark um, and I thought what if two people can see it and what if at the moment of a crash where a guy has drunk too much drink driving hits a car crashes 
kills a kid but just before the kids die the mother and him both see a spark so what does it mean so anyway so i was working on that and then he gets done for drunken driver but he needs to find out what that meant what that spark meant but he's in jail anyway he does yeah. it seven years something else happens in jail where he sees another spark and he comes back to the town to try and connect with the woman that he is actually um uh, that he's um, th- that he k- killed a kid, killed, yeah. and obviously she just wants nothing to do with it. But she saw the spark. So also, what I wanted to work around was: is there a possibility that somebody could fall in love with somebody that killed their kid? It's almost that Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. So throw in then a director, a movie director who's also in town, and he's there because he's trying to. He's had a terrible problem with. Um, he'd been in Syria. And he had denounced, he's gay, and he denounced um, his lover because if you're, you're going to get shot. Mm. And he saw his lover being shot uh, by ISIS. Um, and so he came, he was in this town and he started drinking heavily and was meet, and became friends of the woman whose kid had died. And then the three of them all come on this crazy road trip. That's part of it. <laughs> I want to read this book man <laughs> there's another great part of it you've hooked me here and I'm that I really like... liked and this is what happened with the director in in, in, uh, in Aleppo and I was reading this amazing article about Aleppo called The Doors of Aleppo and when Aleppo was bombed and was completely there was nothing left and all hope was gone and the buildings all the doors would be lying down and flattened but you know the way even a bombing a door will still stay in its frame and mm. still stay in its hinges and there was a couple of guys across Aleppo said that there was a couple of secret doors and if you opened them, you got sanctuary and they would bring you to a beach in Lebanon. So you'd open the door and go. So word went around Aleppo that there was these doors and there was two of them. And if you found out, so these guys, con artists, got the doors and they, you paid. You paid like $100 to have one go of the door and they could never tell you for sure whether when you open the door, Lebanon will be there or not. Seriously? So queues would fill around the streets to open this door. And nobody had happened. But they had a couple of people who had sent letters and tweets back with pictures saying that they were on the beach in Lebanon. All part of the scam. And they made a fortune. And it's called The Doors of Aleppo. Now, that, I think, is an amazing movie. That is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So, that's, so this director went over to film that. Mm. And that's when he got involved. His translator then was the guy he fell in love with. And then when the ISIS found out, when took over Aleppo and found out that this guy was gay. And this guy denounced him saying, I'm not gay. He must be gay. And bang, they shoot him in front of him. So, so he comes back with this story as well that he wants to, he wants to tell everybody about. You know, oh Random yeah. House, Penguin, any of you yeah. get on this, lads. Yeah. I, I want to read this book. I've had about a hundred pages of that written, um, and and but I have it all worked out. I put myself down to write a book every year for five years. Yeah. yeah. So there's three done. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, no, there's two and a half done in France. Two and a half, two and a half yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. Do you know kind of which way you'd like? them to go for a second tour kind of thing or um, I think as well the way I write you got to um, you've got to be very the edit is the most difficult thing mm. you know and, and you really have to be excruciatingly painful to your own art um, and and get rid of an awful lot what happens with me is I love write the, pra- the, the progress and the practice of writing I love everything about it I love the, you know and then I love the first edit and then I just go oh, fuck I can't do this <laughs> I really need a, an editor I think who'll take it on yeah. so and every time I finished a book it's because there was a period of time when I had some time on my hands and then suddenly it'll all go crazy again so you know, and now it's gone crazy again with Nova, so I don't even have to. So no, you yeah, definitely yeah. don't have the time. I know, now. I know, but I will. You got to. It's it's an art form. It's like 
it's like training you've got to do it every you've got to do at least an hour every day to to retrain your brain yeah. into yeah. writing you know that's the difficult part um we're just about out of time with you and, oh yeah and i'm, I'm raging because i really 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 want to know more about these books to be honest well, we'll just buy them um, when they come out yeah. that's, that's exactly yeah. what i'll be doing yeah. you not give yeah. us free not the one job no, no, no. Simon, if you buy it, right. <laughs> that's yeah. the best you're gonna get out of it. That's the best, yeah. Um, if people aren't already following you on Twitter and that column, where can they get you? At Column Hayes Radio. Simple as that. Simple as that. At Column Hayes Radio. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, funny thing I'm doing at the moment because the office where I am in Castle Fort. Oh yeah, I've noticed this. Behind it is just a building site, so I'm taking a picture every day. Yeah, little uh, progress. And it's hashtag changing face of Dublin. So sometimes stuff happens and sometimes stuff doesn't. But I've got a three-year contract, so I'm going to be there in that office for three years. <laughs> so every day I'm going to take a picture. Deadly. Yeah, and then see. And then maybe... That will probably be the second book that's published. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be a time hop thing. Yeah, yeah. Deadly. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a little comment then on each tweet, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I call him Hayes Radio. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Look, all the best with Nova. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. It's, it's exciting times. And yeah. all the best with them books. I actually really want to read that yeah. one now. I'm going to go look that Doors of Aleppo thing. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, yeah. That's yeah, mental. It. it was an article in the New York magazine. Yeah. 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 and Doors of Aleppo. Yeah. 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 Tell you, huh? Tell you, we've, got, we've got a good bit out of this tonight now, let's yeah. see. Don't forget um, the 7 yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but we're brought to you by Fitzpatrick's, as always. So, uh, you know, actually this room got done up. It's actually nice. Did it? Yeah, yeah New Zealand. I actually like this hotel. And when yeah. I was doing a lot of work, uh, um, again, even writing in that, uh, I'd often come up here and get a cup of coffee and use the Wi-Fi, which yeah. they give to you free. Mm. But the lounge area is really yeah. nice Lovely. and comfortable to do. Yeah. I used to have business meetings here. Yeah, and then occasionally I go into one of the free rooms and have sex. No, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's just gone too far, isn't it? Yeah, section five. No, no, but it was a great place. You didn't hide any weed behind any of the counter. Any room of no. <laughs> See, there's your edit for you. Edit, edit. <laughs> um, yeah, go to fitzpatrickcastle.com or look, just pop up as Colm said. You know, nice go into that there. room and get the apple, the apple tart. Lovely. The apple tart. Oh, Not the yeah. tart. Yeah, the apple no. tart. You know enough about tarts anyway, Graham. Ew. Graham's Tinder exploits. That'll be a whole new chapter. Tinder tarts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not WTS Pod on Twitter and uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Republic, anywhere and everywhere. That's WTS Pod. There's 104 previous chapters there for you, so you can go back and listen to all of them. It won't take you long, I promise. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's I'm at Andrew Murray on Twitter. I'm American Mania. That's it, lads. Until next week. You made a ball to that one tonight. Always do. Thanks for listening, lads. Thank you. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Alan. Too sweet.